Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your Discovery Liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting-edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. locking like I would get out of bed and my my ankles would just lock and it would take me about an hour for them to I mean I would walk like this you know very stiff um for the first hour hour and a half that I was awake I remember by this point I had Ava um and I remember parking outside of a Target in Florida and getting outside and she's like maybe one like baby and I called my husband and I was like babe I I, I don't know what kind of car I drive. Yep. Like not the color, not just where I park. You know, we all forget where, where we park yeah. sometimes, right? But literally I could not remember, is it an SUV? Is it a small car? And I'm there with my one-year-old and just sheer panic. But that's how bad my memory was. Mm-hmm. My like, I mean, word retrieval, forget it, was going out the window Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, crunchy mama, and self-proclaimed toxin tamer. I'm also your co-host of this amazing podcast alongside my friend. Hi, I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever. I'm going to do all the things, ask all the questions, because we've had a very similar journey, and she knows way more than I do to get back to that functional good place but today we're going to hear more about her story and then in our next episode you'll get to learn more about me and how we got together on this discovery discovery dot podcast and all the fun things and the birth of all of that so yes hey tell us about you oh gosh okay start where to start so you know for me I I was always no I don't want to say always but I was a pretty sick kid I mean constantly like there was just unexplainable things going on and my mom I just remember going in and out of doctor's offices and there was even a cancer scare at one point that my mom didn't tell me for about a year afterwards because I would just get swollen lymph nodes I would get sick all the time my hair was falling out I mean this was through teenage years um so looking back a lot of that makes sense (laughs) Now now that I know what I know um but when it truly started is my husband and I moved to Florida in 2000, oh gosh, 2013. And about six months after moving there, I started with a lot of chronic fatigue. My hair was falling out in clumps. I mean, I would leave the shower just bawling yeah, that's <laughs> my, my eyes out because I mean, just massive balls of hair were, were falling out. And I remember being so foggy I would drive and we were in South Florida like it's sunny and beautiful and palm trees and all the things 
and I would drive around and just flat, like no emotion, no sense of where I'm going, like, or feeling if I was in a dream or truly present. So that is when I decided to go to a doctor. Um, and the doctor at that point, basically she found out that I have Hashimoto's, um, and basically said here, Synthroid, that's it. You know, there's nothing else you can do for the rest of your life. Just be on this medication. Um, and actually backing up a key point of this, and I didn't realize this until later was when I was first getting a job in the hospital, I had to prove that I was immune. I was fully vaccinated as a kid, Mm -hmm. but I had to prove that I was immune to everything. Yes. How do you, how do you even do that? Yes. So they draw your titers, meaning they draw your blood and they show your antibodies. So medical records of being vaccinated weren't enough. They wanted to know that on right (laughs) topic for another time. Um, If you're listening on the podcast, (laughs) I just gave a really big eye roll. (laughs) You you, you all got to see that in YouTube land. Yes. Um, The side eye is real. Um, But I was not immune, fun fact, to measles, mumps, rubella, or diphtheria. And so on the spot for this training, I was uh, becoming a medical scribe. On the spot, they gave me those vaccines. And we're at training. Ow! <laughs> My arm hurts just thinking about that. I don't remember how painful those were. I know, they stink. But we were in training in Texas for this company that I was just becoming a scribe for, working in South Florida. So I get that those vac- vaccinations. And about four weeks after that is when all my symptoms really took flight. So that's a, a dot that I connect nowadays. I didn't see that back then, but went to that first doctor. She said Hashimoto's. And then about a year went by and I just, it was the same. Yeah. Nothing changed, you know? And I went back to her and she did of actually, she was more, she called herself more integrative, but all she did was a food allergy test. <laughs> And told me about 17 foods I couldn't eat. Yeah, okay. So I was like, cool, great. I'll take those out. Took them out. Didn't do anything. Um, That then started the journey where over the next probably four years, I went to about 30, it's 36 total, 36 physicians, endocrinologists, infectious disease, family practice, you name it, because things were just spiraling. Yeah. And the fatigue was insane. My joints were locking. Like I would get out of bed and my, my ankles would just lock mm-hmm. and it would take me about an hour for them to, I mean, I would walk like this, you know, very stiff, um, for the first hour, hour and a half that I was awake. I remember at, by this point I had Ava. Um, and I remember parking outside of a target in Florida and getting outside. And she's like, maybe one like baby. And I called my husband and I was like, babe, I, I, I don't know what kind of car I drive. Yep. Like not the color, not just where I park. You know, we all forget where, where we park yeah. sometimes, right? But literally I could not remember, is it an SUV? Is it a small car? And I'm there with my one-year-old and just sheer panic. But that's how bad my memory was. Mm-hmm. My like, I mean, word retrieval, forget it, was going out the window. I spent years managing my energy just to be able to go out to dinner, you know, Mm -hmm. at 24, 25, 26 years old. Yeah. So anyways, through all these doctors, the only consistent thing that was told was 
your thyroid's okay. Your levels look good. Everything looks good. Oh, you're tired because you just had a baby. And that was through, yes, through Ava and Jackson. And I'm like, y'all, this is not newborn tired. This is not newborn fatigue. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know what that is. I understand what that feels like. And this is so much worse. You know, it was just so much different, I should say, than the fatigue you get with after having a newborn. So my mom throughout the years saw naturopathic physicians mm-hmm. and it was a hard concept at the time because I was in school for conventional practice, right? Going through my master's and my doctorate, it's very, it's conventional minded. And so I actually remember the physician, the the naturopathic physician that she was seeing, I remember her asking me to go see him. And it's the one we both know. Yep. Um, I looked at her and I said, he's a quack. Like no way would I ever, you know, go into that side of the world, but it's because of how my brain was trained right in school and it wasn't until after i had jackson that i mean i thought things were were bad before that and then it just i mean it spiraled even more i spent more time in bed and hearing my kids play outside with my husband and that is like as a mom yeah that just like eats your soul you know when you want to like you in your brain you want to so bad but your body will not let you mm-hmm. i know you can relate yeah. <laughs> i'm like you're over yeah. here like yes yes, yes. <laughs> and it's real fun when your brain is not connected to the rest of your yes. your body because yes. you can think you can think all the things you know what your car is you know your phone number you you can remember the phone number when you actually had a landline your yes. brain works on the inside but it does not it's not connected. it's not connected i used to say this all the time i would tell doctors i would say it feels and this is actually a question i ask, i ask my patients now why i know it so specifically is because i would used to ask, or used to say that my head feels like it's 500 miles from my body mm-hmm. that it can think clearly on its own little abyss but it is not connected to me physically right. like i cannot feel present i cannot like even in a conversation I would walk away and have no idea mm-hmm. what just happened, what we just talked about. It's a terrible feeling. It, it is. And we'll it get really into, into the organization and how to facilitate remembering things in future episodes, yeah. because that's like, I feel you on that mm-hmm. one. I mean, it is so hard to explain what we've both been through if you haven't been through it yeah but once you've been through it you're like oh well, yeah i get that I'm not, yeah so that's what that yes. is yeah oh, i know what that is no. and it's this right and it's the same thing when when i talk to patients i'll use very specific adjectives and they're like yes that yeah and it's like no one else could be able to say that if you haven't been through it right you know but after so all that was happening after jackson and finally no, actually, I think a little before that, maybe when I was pregnant with Jackson. Yes. When I was pregnant with Jackson, I finally gave in to see a naturopathic physician mm-hmm. because I was just at that point, I was just like pineapples. Like, I don't, I need yeah. something to change. I'm willing to go wherever, whenever to get this figured out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't initially found that I had Lyme disease, but after I gave birth to Jackson, because I think my, I, I think my antibodies were just like suppressed and my body was not showing what was truly there and then 
pregnancy is very autoimmune inducing. So antibodies tend to shift. And after, yes, after having Jackson, you know, things just popped up on my labs that weren't there prior, but I have no doubt that the Lyme test that showed for the first time that I had Lyme disease, that if we had looked at it, you know, eight years previous, it would have been positive. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm very sure on that. So yeah, I was found out that, that I had Lyme disease and it was frightening. I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't taught anything about Lyme disease in school at well, all. It, Lyme disease does not exist. No, it doesn't exist. And especially with allopathic doctors, they're like, oh, it's, it's not a thing. Yeah. No. Or here's an antibiotic and take it for 10 weeks or whatever mm, it is. And that's it. No, don't do that. <laughs> doesn't work. Um, but no, it, but it's true. In school, I mean, I remember, I remember looking back on it and it was briefly talked about in school and we we're in South Florida and they just said, Hey, you know, th- it doesn't exist down here. So be mindful if you're in the Northeast, but that's it. Yes. Lyme, Connecticut is where Lyme originated, originated mm-hmm. and it didn't stay there. I always, I say this, I'm always like, ticks don't know state borders, you know, and it's not even only tick born. So anyways, that's a topic for a different time. Um, but yes, that was found and it, it made sense, but at the time was very, very frightening, mm-hmm. but it was good to have an answer yeah. and it explained everything. It explained how I was feeling cognitively and physically and emotionally too, because it impacted like it, my anxiety was heightened all these things were happening that I just never had. And it's really hard to deal with those things in your mid twenties when all your friends are out and partying and having uh-huh. an amazing time. And I'm just like, either my body's in too much pain to do something, or I literally cannot connect to you uh-huh. sitting across from a table. I, I just can't. And, and there's no way to describe that. There's just something that's missing. Um, or I was too darn tired. Uh-huh. Yep. And I think, that one, we need to have our moms on and have a conversation yeah. because they're watching their two mm-hmm. vibrant daughters who are ready to conquer yes. the world become shells of themselves yes. because it's so draining and debilitating and it's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have babies and it's hard to watch when they have a cold or when they're sick or yeah. like imagine something that you can't figure out and you don't know where it came from or what's happening right. and just like that's, Mm -hmm. that's scary too. So do you think that just the firestorm started with the MMR and pregnancy or like, what was the trigger? What was the trigger for you? And such a great question because triggers are so important, right? Like that's my job in practice is to usually find most people's triggers. And I think it was an accumulative factor. I think that looking back and how sick I was as a kid and how I had unexplainable symptoms all the time. I mean, my mom, she used to take me downtown Chicago to get Chinese medicine, to get these herbs that were nasty. I mean, and we would boil them and create tea out of them, but it was the only thing that when I was, I think about, we'll have to confirm with her, but about 13, 14 years old, it was the only thing that stopped my hair from falling out. Mm -hmm. And just those symptoms that I was having I think that it was something that I was exposed to much younger, but what tends to happen with most people is there's some sort of trigger, right? Right. So I think that things through high school years kind of settled down and then 
college, I was okay in college, but you know how college kids take care of themselves, right? <laughs> like, which is, yeah, I mean, like pulling all nighters and eating ramen. So, caffeine, <laughs> yes. caffeine. Yeah, it's exactly. Um, so, I think finally, you know, we moved to Florida right after I graduated college. So, I think my body was in a very sensitive state of just being run down. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, I do think that getting the Tdap and the MMR vaccines in the same day, just for me, where my immune system was at, where my just body was at, was absolutely a trigger for me. Right. And, you know, there, when you look into these vaccines with MMR, let's say, there are certain stipulations on when someone should and should not get that. Mm -hmm. And I fall into the category of someone who should not get that. If there's a first degree relative that has any immune dysfunction or autoimmune disease, such as hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, yeah. Yeah. my mom has Hashimoto's. So there is a first degree relative of mine that has an autoimmune disease, yet I then unknowingly, you know, got that vaccine, which I should have never gotten. And that's per the CDC. Um, so I do think that in that moment, I mean, it's not a coincidence that a month later I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's mm -hmm. when I never, you know, I didn't have symptoms of that beforehand. Right. So I, I do, I do think that was a big trigger for me personally. And that's a great question to ask if you're having these mystery, weird symptoms and needing to know if you need to go get something asking first, yeah. first degree relatives, if they've got these things and then asking your healthcare provider, Hey, I have a first degree relative that has these things. Should I get this? Cause I can't get vaccines because my D dimer is high. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't know that until I figured out all of my, yeah. we'll get into that later. And unfortunately, so many times it's up to the patient to know that because most providers are not asking that question. Right. I ask it now because of how I practice. But even when I was taking my Avon Jackson to the, the pediatrician in Florida, never once did they ask about my history if I had an autoimmune disease before administering mm -hmm. vaccinations. So it, it's unfortunately something that, yeah, as, as patients, we want to empower y'all yep. to know what questions to ask your providers. That's that's really important because yeah. we all know that, hey, do you know anybody that has had a heart attack or stroke? And those are all the questions of, okay, no, no, no. But what are the questions that you actually need to ask mm -hmm. that are pertinent to you and that you want your provider to ask? Yeah. So, and if they're not asking these questions, go find another provider. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Someone who will listen, someone who will listen, because I do. And that's another point is I, I think that through, you know, the seven years that I was going through all these symptoms, no one listened, you know, no one took the symptoms that I was saying seriously. Right. You know, I, I got the, it's all in your head. I got the, you look good. You look fine. Like physically I looked fine and I was really, really good at hiding it too. Um, but never once did I get a practitioner who was like, I hear you. This mm -hmm. is not normal. We need to investigate what's going on until I turn to functional medicine. Um, and, and that Welcome obviously was life changing. Side. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> yes, glad, I'm happy to be yeah, here. I'm so glad that she came over, <laughs> came over to this, to this side. Cause you saw what 36 doctors or something mm -hmm. trying to figure it all out. And mm -hmm. I have a very similar story of, 
yeah. trying to figure it out and even getting into a, a, a naturopath and integrative medicine that took me a couple of doctors to figure out knowing what we know about Lyme now and having kind of the right treatment, which is what my next question for yeah. you is, is yeah. getting to the place where one, you get, get listened to mm-hmm. and someone that can put together the pieces because their brain works in a different Out way, of the box. Yeah. right? And then there's, I can't even say the word. I always say the words wrong. So I just use what the words? abbreviation. The SOT, the oh, supportive oglionucleotide therapy. So close. So close. Oligonucleotide. Okay. Yes. Oglionucleotide. We'll, we'll stick SOT. SOT. Yes. <laughs> so that's another part where our our stories converge yeah. um, on that kind of therapy. And yes. it made the biggest difference. And I think if I ever get anything else or anything else that SOT can treat internal. Mm-hmm. So think about it this way. And this is how it worked in my brain that what it does, it just, it's a kill switch. It turns off the replicating gene light switch for the spirochetes and the Lyme and and all of that. So, and I think we should pause right there. I think we should go into that a little bit more backing up just a tad with, because I think this is also important. I don't know where you, we're going to talk about you in a sec. I don't know where you went or started with your journey, but because I had such a conventional background when I heard Lyme disease. I went conventional, even though I had a naturopathic doctor saying, hey, this is how we treat it. I was like, no, but that's not what I've been taught for the 32 seconds that I was taught something. Mm-hmm. So I went through the antibiotics. And then when that didn't do anything, mm-hmm. then I went through all of the herbs, all the supplements, Brunner's protocol. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything I could get my hands on. I, my whole pantry was hundreds of herbal uh-huh. tinctures, all the things, right? Fast forward about a year later, and those herbal tinctures made, I mean, they made me feel like garbage, but something in your brain is like, well, you know, I'm herxing and, and so I'm getting rid of something. So this is a good thing. And it's really not. Herxing is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good sign. It means your immune system is not ready. Um, but then I finally listened, Yeah. <laughs> but I had to go through my own journey. And I do have some patients who have to go through that too. Um, where I tried the things that I'm, I'm taught before I went to SOT. And I think that's a huge learning point for for my patients as well and what i try to teach is why we utilize sot right and so sot as anna kate tried to say earlier (laughs) supportive oligonucleotide therapy um this is a treatment that i currently use for my patients but that really truly did save my quality of life um and so why we use it is because when we try to attack that spirochete, so Lyme is shaped like a corkscrew, right? Which is a spirochete. <laughs> yes, they're, they're little, you know what? Um, and I always call them he's. I'm sorry. I'm, I always That's call fine. it a boy. I'm like those little guys. Um, but what they're really good at is digging, right? And so in, in terms of and adapting. So if we take things orally or we have a pick line, you know, mm-hmm. or we have all these IV antibiotics, whatever it is, those corkscrews like to dig out of the bloodstream into places where there's lack of blood flow, where they're safe. And that's why some patients will feel better when they're on the antibiotics or on the herbs, because those things are now out of the bloodstream, hiding, replicating. Right. And then I know you're like, yes, chop it on the bit. Um, And then when we stop 
I'm sure as you know, when we stop taking the antibiotic or the herbs, what I find now clinically is about two weeks later, patients, their, their symptoms escalate. Mm -hmm. So we have to think that all those little spirochetes that have been away, kind of in the background replicating, now they're coming back to the forefront. Labs will look worse, patients will feel worse. Mm -hmm. So the huge difference between SOT and herbs or antibiotics is that herbs and antibiotics try to attack that spirochete from the outside. They do this. Yep. And in doing so, our immune system sees that and it's like, whoa, what's going on over there? I'm going to interfere. And now we herx or that little booger is like, no, nah, I'm going to go hide. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and to your point, SOT, it is made for the Lyme spirochete specifically. It doesn't look foreign to it. It is allowed to permeate the cell wall to get inside to attach the receptor that's mm -hmm. made for cell replication and turn that cell off from the inside out, which means there's no Herxheimer reaction because a true Herxheimer reaction is, is our immune system attacking that thing, right? So it, it doesn't allow for that. Now we see other things, but that's a another topic um another topic yes it's the third time i've said that um but we, we don't see true herx reactions because our immune system doesn't recognize that sot molecule as foreign right so yes you're exactly right in the sense that it is like a turn off switch for that bacteria it does not allow that bacteria to replicate it induces cell apoptosis or cell death from the inside out which is massive so yeah i like when the spirochetes have explode and they don't make my cells explode because when you right. put in so many antibiotics, they get yes. irritated or yes. pissed off or they like to play hide and go seek and they go and hide and they get in places that they shouldn't be, which. And antibiotics molecules are so big <sighs> right. that it destroys other things mm -hmm. that SOT molecules can't, right? We obviously know it rips apart your GI tract and your microbiomes everywhere. <laughs> which is another, which is another aid in recovery of why you feel when you have these autoimmune things, you feel so bad. So it's not just eliminating the spirochete and, and dealing with right. that, but it's also like, I always think of my insides and I'm still in recovery and dealing with things, but I feel like my insides are Swiss cheese. Yeah. Like everything, because I had it for so long. Yes. Yes. No, this is a, a wonderful point too, because part of what in in my journey the first time around that i did sot where i i take fault in that i did sot and sot in essence is anti-sense molecule or an anti-sense strain um probably. doesn't hurt to do doesn't no. cause side effects there are no i mean in the history of sot there's been no adverse reactions because it's just the flip of a molecule of something that's already in you and sterile water and normal saline um ask your provider <laughs> For yes. more information, yes. your functional medicine provider, because uh, conventional doctors will be like, what the heck is this? Um, but to, what were you saying? Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. Yeah, Swiss cheese. So to your point, the first time around, I did SOT and I felt so good. I mean, so good that I didn't go back to that naturopathic doctor. And that's on me. That's my fault because when there's Lyme, there's usually a multitude of friends, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't take care of those multitude of friends because I felt so good. So then about six, nine months after SOT, I crashed mm -hmm. again. And 
then I did it the right way the second time around. So I did have to get two SOTs um, for Lyme specifically, but that again is my fault because I just did not follow up. And then when I appropriately and strategically took care of those other co-infections, that was what in the long run was a game changer. But something I say to patients all the time too, and what you've said is you can take that bacteria away. You can take that spirochete away and that's amazing. And SOT to date is the most effective way at doing that but it doesn't magically fix the damage that it's created. Right. And that oftentimes for patients who've had it for a very long time, it's a much longer journey than actually eradicating the bugs. Yep. The easy part's turning it off. Yes. The hard part is recovery, 100%. Hi, I'm Anna Kate and I'm in long-term recovery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's another part where our, our our journeys coincide because, and I'll tell you all about this when I tell you, but I not only had Lyme, but I had almost, I had also 18 other co-infections. 18. 18. Yeah. I'll tell See, you. And that's where I feel. And that's, I think where our journey separates too, is because I dealt with, I mean, Epstein-Barr virus, um, and that's really what flared post. And I was so, I mean, just so fatigued, you know, that like mm -hmm. fluey, achy yeah. body pain. And it was really EBV that was flaring. But other than that, thank God there was nothing else, you know, that I had going on. And so I think that my recovery phase was able to be much shorter. Lucky you. I know. I was so sick that I had Epstein-Barr, which is mono. And if you've ever known anybody that has mono, you feel terrible and mm -hmm. they don't do anything. I was so sick. I had mono and didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I had, not fun. I had so much other fun things <laughs> go, going on. So we're going to get back into the mama question as we finish kind of wrapping up your initial story of what kind of led you to this, this place because you are a mama and you want to live those toxin free lifestyles and help other mamas do that as well. And other individuals that are not mamas or want to be mamas. Mm -hmm. um, so how did Lyme affect your pregnancies and navigating, <sighs> navigating all of that? Because that's scary too. And yeah. why I have been, I've been married for seven years at this point and have waited because I didn't that's want right. to. That's right. Our anniversaries are so close. Oh We're my like, God. Mine is in two days. <laughs> yeah, yours is this weekend. <laughs> oh God. So. I wonder if my husband knows that. Well, we won't help him find the keys. Okay. And it's I, fine. Yes. <laughs> so this will we post had a key after. issue this we'll, morning. We'll let you. We'll let you know um, when this posts and goes live whether he remembered his anniversary or not. So. Oh, don't put him on blast like that. He's gonna be mad. Yeah. Oh, well, this will come out in September. It'll be. It, it'll be yeah, right, right before them. my anniversary. Um, but like I didn't. I was scared. Like I don't want to. Because there's yeah. two ways that you can yeah. get, or typically there's yes. two ways that you can get bit by a tick or get mosquito or spider vector borne so fleas flies ticks mosquitoes there is also literature where it can be passed via vaginal secretions mm -hmm. so mom to baby and also obviously partner to partner mm -hmm. so i do want to dive into my pregnancies because that's a huge i mean lyme disease played a huge role in my first two which we are, we'll be talking about on another episode. So another stay episode. tuned. Yeah, so we'll dive um, deep into those. But I think as the mom part, it was, so as a human, forget the mom part, as a human, 
it was really, really hard from 21 to 28 to feel like I was in my 70s. Mm-hmm. And none of my friends, like I'm very outgoing and bubbly and just like talk a lot and then I can get super awkward and like all my friends just know that and it's fine. <laughs> um, but I would manage my energy so perfectly that I could present myself like that to mm-hmm. them. My best friends, I mean, everybody, nobody in Florida knew that I was going through and those friends are like my family. Nobody knew I was going through that except for my husband. And he would get all of it because I would keep it in, you know, when I'm around other people and then I'd get to him and bless his soul, but like no emotion flat, like no energy to even, I remember getting home from, from work some days or like clinical some days and not being able to open my mouth because, and I just physically could not talk. And he got that. And like the migraines, the headaches, the forgetfulness, the not, not being able to hold conversations with him. He got all that. And so that like, really, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And then I had, you know, with Ava, I feel the worst for Ava because Ava for the first four, three years of her life, I was very disconnected. Like even after I had her, I didn't feel connected to her in a way that I felt like a mom should, because I was so flat and, and I didn't have energy for those emotions and, um, not being able to be present as present as I wanted to be, because I just didn't have, I couldn't, I physically and mentally couldn't, that kills me. And I feel like Ava, like, thank goodness with Jack-Jack, I had like that second round of SOT and all that stuff happened when he was only six months old. So I'm like, you know, for what he can remember, (laughs) I I feel okay. But I always feel like Ava got chipped because of how sick I was. And that sucks. But she's had an amazing mama and you have three amazingly beautiful, beautiful children. I just, I I just feel it. I feel so deeply about it and so like guilt about it. And that will never go away. It won't. And it'll never go away even with, with Will is like what he had to go through because of how I felt. Mm-hmm. It's and, not a good place to be. And it's hard to explain because spouses want you to just go to the doctor and get it fixed or see yeah. what else you can do or what. And it's like, it's not that. It's mm-hmm. I've stayed up too late. I did too much. Like I now have a thing with the sun that I can't, I have a choice. Yeah, I can be out in the sun and then I walk like I'm 90 and it hurts. And yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. and that, how do you, how do you explain that to yeah, your spouse? You, you can't, you can't, you, and Will, he was so patient with me, so patient with me, but even to, at certain points, because Lyme disease is not something you can see, mm-hmm. you know, at least I know with you and again, we'll talk about this, but joints and everything and fl- like, you know, swelling physically, you looked at me and I looked yeah. like a healthy human, yeah. nothing wrong. And I think as a spouse, at some point, that also enters their brain, that you look okay. Mm-hmm. And like, I get that you might feel well or not feel well, but I need you to kind of suck it up and get through. And there was little points where, you know, Will would 
and I never could expect him to fully understand. You, you just can't because he won't go right. He'll never go through that. Um, God willing, but there definitely were times and points where he didn't understand because I looked fine. Mm-hmm. 98% of the time though, that man was so supportive and just like, we got to do what we got to do. Like, Hey, if you, you need to take care of this, you need to go here. You need to do this. Like, what do I need to do right. to help you on this journey? I wouldn't have been able to get through it without him. No. Yeah. It, it takes, a, it does take a support team in a village yeah. and I, thank God for them. Yes. For real. Yeah. So, but still it's hard to be like, no, I just need to rest. Like, you know, leave, leave me alone. Right. Right. I need to sleep. Yeah. I, I need, need to, to reset. I need mm-hmm. to, it just takes, life takes a toll and how mm-hmm. stress things happen. Like, so did you notice that when you were pregnant in your first two pregnancies, that that created a stressor on your body that triggered flares yes. or triggered things. Yeah. And it's not a bad stress, but it's just, a, it is a stress. stressor. Yeah, yeah. It is a stressor. And my, and the biggest teller is that my first two pregnancies, I had issues in them both. My third one where Lyme was gone was the best pregnancy I've ever had. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, yes that absolutely caused me to go into flares for sure well we'll have to dive in into that and and have a whole conversation about pregnancy and Lyme and flares and autoimmune flares while pregnant and all of that other stuff so we will get into that in in another episode and dive in deeper um and so on our next episode I want to talk about how you got from allopathic being Mm -hmm. all Western medicine to getting to the point where the discovery doc was born. Yeah. I want to know all about, all about that story. All right, y'all. Well, thank you everybody for joining us on this very personal exploration of my journey with Lyme disease. Please join us on the next episode as we discuss, like Anna Kay just said, the birth of the discovery doc and all the details about this chick right here. Yeah, you'll get to know my medical mystery overachiever like checklist. It's a long one. It's a, it's a fun <laughs> one, but hopefully it will help you understand where you are um, and the questions that you have. So if you have any questions, um, we'll have all of that down in the show notes and everything where you can connect with us and get to know us over these next couple of first introductory episodes. Um, And then we'll go through and tell you what's coming next. We're excited. Yes, we are. We'll see y'all later. Hey, Discover. Let's discover more. Find episode link in today's show notes. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Discovery Doc. Connect with us on Facebook at The Discovery Doc. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit our website, thediscoverydoc.com. This podcast is produced by Soulpreneurs Association and powered by soulsoftware.co. Empowering your digital journey with innovative solutions.
content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc Podcast encourages listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.